So who can tell me what question we're up to in looking at the transformative gospel without going to your books, without looking at your notes? <coughs> Number six, my man Rodney on the camera. <laughs> question six. Do you know what question six says, Rodney? <coughs> oh, he knows the answer. That's good. <laughs> He's ahead of the game. So the question for the question number six is twofold. It says, what happens when we receive the gospel of transformation? That's the first question. What happens when we receive the gospel of transformation? And the second one is, who do we speak of? So who do we speak of? And that's where I want to focus mainly. Who do we speak of? Who am I going to speak of today? Am I going to speak the scriptures or am I going to speak him? That's what I want to focus on. But first, I want to ask this, answer this first question, which was, what happens when we receive Christ? What happens? You tell me what's supposed to happen when you receive Christ in you. You change from the inside out. Who do you become? Like him, which is the new creation you are called to be, correct? Because we're not an old creation modified. It's not that we're being tweaked here. It's not that... Oh, you know, I'm sort of okay and I just need a couple of tweaks. No, the Bible says none of us are good. In fact, we're all evil and we need a brand new life. And that brand new life is not found in humanity. It's found in Him. So as we've looked at, when we receive the Christ, the resurrected one, we receive a resurrected life, which is a brand new life that I have never known when I was born. So I was 29 years old when I received a brand new resurrected life in me and the old Greg stayed dead. And I've lived 22 and a half years as a brand new creature, creation, in Christ discovering this eternal life which is the Son in me and then figuring out with Him how to live that out. Not trying but being and then expressing that being into the earth. Not striving to please him, just being a son who he is already pleased with. Not trying to earn my way and earn my father's acceptance because he accepted me before the foundations of the earth because that's where he chose me before I was born. So I've been figuring out for 22 and a half years who I was before the foundations of the earth because the scriptures tell me that I was chosen in Christ before anything began. And that's why my identity as a son is grounded and founded in love. A person, not scriptures. Person. So the purpose of receiving the person is complete transformation to be like him. Christ-like. So, if I'm squeezed, if I'm put in a vice, if pressure comes, if a trial comes, if tribulation comes, if other people's behavior is not that nice, what comes out of me if I'm in Christ is Christ, not Greg of old. He died. Christ. So, Christ should come out of every follower of Jesus Christ when we're squeezed, pressured, because He is in us. And the Bible says what's in your heart comes out of you. So if He's in your heart, He's to come out of your heart, correct? 
So if we're still coming out of us, then we have to assess what gospel we're actually receiving because it could just be the gospel of information through the scriptures rather than the gospel of transformation through receiving the Son in you continuously. For it is not a one-off event, it is an entire walking out of receiving revelation upon revelation upon revelation of the person. If that happens, Romans 8, 28 to 30, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love Him. There's the first condition on things working out for good for you. Not you saying you love Him, but actually loving you, loving Him the way He commands to be loved, with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and loving people like you would love like God loves, or you would want to be loved yourself. So these all things work together for good to those who love Him and to those who are called according to His His purpose. So you better know what His purpose is if you want to have this all good life, correct? It's not your purpose, asking God to bless your purpose. All things work together for good for those who love Him with His love in them and are living according to His purpose, His will, which Jesus accomplished while He was here, correct? Which we are to accomplish because we're sons like Christ, correct? So we don't say this, what is my will for my life? That's demonic. Jesus never said, Father, what is my will for my life? He said, Father, I'm here to do your will, which means He needed to know His Father's will to do it, correct? So if we don't know the Father's will, guess whose will you're going to be living for? Yours. And you'll be asking God to bless your life, your will. He's going, no, no, you're here to bless my life, my will. And what that is, is the old man still living. That's the old guy who's corrupt in nature, actually still manifesting out of us. Because he hasn't yet been crucified by what? The Scriptures or the person? The person. Love. I want to encourage every single one of you to be crucified by love. Man, my whole world changed the day I got crucified by love. Not law. Not do's, don'ts, rules, regulations. Love came in. Jesus Christ comes in and establishes his home in you and you leave. And you lose you like lost for his sake because he enters in and you die and you start to actually live. So he says you've been called according to his purpose. How are you called, guys? Called by what? Your own will? Father's will? How was Paul called? He was called by, begins with G, grace, which is what? Power. So you're called by power into this thing. You're not called by your own decision. Isn't that what we say in John 1, about 11 to 13, that your choice to know the Father was not yours, it was His? Not according to your bloodline. So none of us chose God. He chose you according to grace. So you've been called for power, for a powerful purpose in Him. If we don't know the power of God, you'll never live the purpose of God. Or you'll be trying to live it through your own power, which is, which is powerless. And that's where all the burnout and the stress and the worry is. He says, for those whom he foreknew, boom, 
foreknew. You mean I was known before I was known? You better believe it. Wow, who are you that knew me before I knew me? (laughs) He also predestined. Oh, here we go. So I've been known and I've been predestined by grace, by power, for some purpose. Who can tell me and finish that scripture? Go, Rodney. Give me it, mate. Oh, to be conformed into the image of the Son. Not my old image. No image I'm painting up of God. Not my image of God. Not what I think of God. Not what other people say of God. Who God really is. So I've been predestined, foreknown, called by grace to be conformed into the image of Him inside and out through receiving Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the purpose of God is, I just told you. You don't need to look any further than that. So you don't have to now ask yourself, what is the will of God? I just told you what it is for you. Write it down. Because you'll leave here in a week if you haven't heard that through Revelation and you'll ask the same question. What's the will of God for my life? Everything you need to know is in the person. But if we don't get revelation of the person, we keep asking the same questions we've always been asking, like how to. How to, how to, how to, how to, how to. Do you know that comes because you're hearing through information and then you're trying to figure out how you're going to apply and that's completely back to front? You hear to receive, to become, and then you'll just live. But here's what we've been taught. You hear to apply No, you hear to receive. If you receive the word in you, guess what you do? Apply. But if you miss the receiving of the word out, you're just naturally hearing things and you're going to try to apply things naturally without the word being implanted in you. So you are trying to live out something that's eternal, but you're still earthly. And it never works, does it, guys? Or you give it a go for about three months and then you burn out trying and you're frustrated, disillusioned, wondering why what that says and what you're living are disconnected. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Right. So you don't hear to apply. You hear to receive. And then you receive the word of God in you, which is a creative substance that created the worlds. Then you live from that. You're living from, not towards. And the problem is when you read scriptures that say, hear and obey, but you're not in Christ. So Christ knows what he's saying and the life he's living from when he says hear and obey. But you've got to come into that. Otherwise, you'll just go, hear that, do that. But you're not doing it from the life of Christ in you, which is the life he was in. You're doing it out of you. So there's a step. But if you can hear and if you know him, you'll know that. But if you don't, you're taking your reference as the scriptures, not the spirit. And this is why the scriptures can't be number one. The spirit has to be number one, but they both begin with S. Now, I am not saying throw this away. What I am saying is this is not the first reference point for God because they never had this, did they, at some stage? So if you now have a book, then your reference for God has to be who? God himself. Funny that, not a book. Because we talk about the word, and we say, I love the word. 
correct? This isn't the Word. This is a book. These are the Scriptures. Now, the Scriptures tell you who the Word is. Who's the Word? Jesus Christ. Should we go read about how powerful this person is called Jesus Christ? Let me read out of Revelation 19. Now, I'm sorry, Rob, I've just started back completely back to front with the PowerPoint you got. <laughs> so it's probably the last scripture. Oh, he's onto it. Look at that. He's a man. It must be a nightmare being on AV trying to track me, I'm telling you. I give them scriptures, then I don't even use them, and then I don't tell them, and they're probably looking for where's the scripture. Oh, man, this guy's. And then by the time they found it, I'm onto another one. You ask this guy, he says, don't ask the bro a question, you get a sermon. <laughs> Just be quiet. Don't ask that guy a question. <laughs> Bucks was saying when I picked them up at the airport, he said, man, my bag went around three times when you were talking. And we were like, Raven. <laughs> now, I was looking for that bag and I said, I don't know about that, bro. But anyway, <laughs> listen to how Revelation 19 describes our Lord and Savior, 11. I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in his blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty and on his robe and on his thigh he has name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You and I are to be transformed into the image of that. Now you're not God but you're Christ-like. When he was on the Mount of Transfiguration and he changed, what was coming out of him? Glory. Christ in you, the hope of, is not the glory all contained in the Son. So then if the Son is being formed within you, where then is the glory of God? In you, and what's the glory going to do? manifest out of you. So if you're squeezed again and put in a pressure, does the glory of Christ, Christ himself, come forth out of you into the earth to bamboozle those that are not of Christ to go, how can you love like that when all I've done for a year and a half is badmouth you, lie about you, curse you, try to rip you off? You've never tried to get me back. You've never said a wrong word against me. You've never howled anything against me. You've believed. You've spoken life. Who are you? That's how the world should look at you and I. That should be the representation and the reflection that you and I are imaging to a lost world. 
because we are called, we've been chosen, we have been known before the foundations of the earth. We are not nobodies, we are not losers, we are not the tail, we're not the guy that's a victim or the girl that's a victim. You may have started there, but God has a word for you today. He says, I want my word in you because my son in you is going to heal all that. It'll redirect you and send you with a whole lot of other people, not as an individual, but as a body to demonstrate me in the earth so my glory can come into the earth. Because I'm not going to do it with a wand. I'm not just going to give everyone a free ride. I'm looking for you guys to work out your salvation with me. Woo! What an in invitation. The problem is, if we're still looking at our own lives going, woe is me, that is not the place to be setting your sight, your sight, is it? Or your hearing, is it? No. Because there is nothing in earth and there is nothing in any human being that can change and transform you. It's all him. So if you are, can I encourage you, get your eyes off earth and get them firmly on him, who is not only the author, he is the perfecter of you, because he's going to perfect you and me into his image through power and faith. So what we can love. It goes on and it says, He would be the firstborn among many brethren, and these whom he predestined he also called. Those whom he called he also justified, and these whom he justified he glorified. This is the entire process of salvation, justification, sanctification, glorification. God gives us justification and he gives us glorification without us. Then he wants to be entered into sanctification with him, but he does all the work. But we must step into, but we don't work. So you must step out of you and your old life and you and you and your life. You've got to lose that and step into a reality. It's like out of a boat to step on water, but then his power is going to enable you to live this life out. You don't try to live it out. His power, his grace will go to work in you. If you don't know that reality, can I encourage you to get on your face until you do? If you have no reference for anything I have said this morning, there's a reference for you, but you need to get on your knees and start crying out to heaven with a frequency and a scream on the inside that activates him. I'm not talking about a casual, oh Lord, I really want to know you more. Can you come when I have some time? You know, I'm really busy, so I'll get to you when I have time. That ain't going to cut it. It's got to be whatever if. Even if. Even if they throw me in the fire, I don't care. I want you. That is the level of the intensity of the heart that is required to activate the Spirit of God. How do I know? Because I know that activation in my own heart. And every time, and then it becomes this beautiful relationship where it's not that screen because you've transactioned from that place into the rivers of living water that we sung about. You're now in an abiding life where he just beautifully wants to just release because it's this loving relationship between a father and his children. 
But there's an intensity at the start that's required to release you from you that heaven hears the scream and comes. And I'm hoping and praying and believing you can hear not the words I'm saying, but the word that's manifesting out of my being right now because I feel like I'm about to take off. So sanctification, look at Galatians 4, 19 to 20. Same man wrote Romans, wrote Galatians. He said, my children with whom I am again in labor until Christ is formed in you. Christ formed in the church, in the hearts and the minds. So you would have the mind of Christ, you would know. What a beautiful, all those words were beautiful, weren't they, for the kids? But one of the ones that I jumped on was James, where she said, the thoughts that I have for you are greater than the grains of sand. I mean, how many beaches are there in the world? More thoughts for you. Like, what would one do? What would one thought like this? You were chosen before the foundations of the earth, so why do you struggle with rejection? What would that renewing of the mind so you would never? Do you know when God renews your mind, you never have that old thought again? It's not like yin and yang. It's not one day it's good, one day it's up bad. It's not. What God does, God does. If God heals, He heals. If He renews the mind, He renews the mind, and it stays renewed. Why? So then you live from the brand new mindset that you've received. But if unbelief is in the heart, it stops the mind from getting renewed because the place of understanding is the heart, not the mind. That's why you've got to hear what is not words on a page, but the word of God from heaven coming out of someone or directly from God himself. And that's why the spirit must be number one, not the scriptures. And yet many, many, many people have their reference for the scriptures as their number one. And that's why we're not in life, because it isn't number one, it's number two. And we're going to look at that. So God wants us to work out our salvation with him, so then we come into the fullness of the image of Christ, which means we're going to live and walk as Christ lived. Anyone arrived there yet? Anyone on the journey? Awesome. If you're going, what on earth is this guy talking about? Then that's okay. Take it to him. Sit with him. He'll show you if this is a whole lot of garbage or this is him. Cool. Second question. Who do we speak of? All right. This is massive. This is bigger than Ben-Hur. There is a massive difference between teaching principles and how-tos and testifying and releasing of the person, the Word. The Word of God is not this. Read from John 1 to 14, take out a whole lot of principles, and then give some how-tos, wrapped up with a nice DVD message, an inspiring story that pulls on the strings of the heart and appeal to the mind through giving principles and how-tos. That's not the Word of God. That is just information that you've taken that anyone on the planet can do and give some principles to help life. That is not the Word of God. That did not build creation. 
Okay? It's not wrong. It's good. I'm not saying it's wrong. But we need to know that is not the Word of God that's going to change you. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the revelation of a person. So the one who releases the revelation of a person must know the person, correct? And they can only speak to the revelation of the person that they carry, and they will not speak outside of the revelation of the person they carry. Why? Because it's a safeguard for the person. It's a safeguard for the church who are hearing, and it's also a safeguard in a sense for God that God's name won't be misrepresented by man who's speaking something that the man or woman doesn't know, and the other people might not know. So all of a sudden, everyone's believing something that's not true or not the truth. And the problem with the church is we've called that speaking the Word of God. Let me give you some principles. Let me give you some how-tos. Let me give you some tips on how to live a life. But you're all going to live it out of your own strength, aren't you? If you haven't received the Word of God, the person, because it's the person that changes you, is it not? Who makes you free? Truth. And the truth is what? A principle or a person? A person. So you might be able to apply some things, get a little bit of life, but do you know where the life is in a principle? Outside of you. All the life is outside of you from activating principles. It's not in you. If you want inward life, you need the person. It's the personhood that builds the church, not the principle. Now, here's the thing. Teaching or testifying? Testifying. But it says Jesus taught. Yeah, you've got to be able to hear what I'm about to say right now because it's really hard to describe the difference between teaching and testifying. But you go read John. John testified of the light. John testified of light. Why? Because he knew the light. Anyone can teach. Not everyone can testify. And I'm not talking about Jesus died for my sin in 1997. I'm talking about testifying of the Word of God doing a work in Greg and then bringing through revelation the person into the earth through ongoing testimonies of being conformed into His image, not just teaching facts, Shirley, facts, principles, thoughts, history, original languages. Let me tell you all about the feasts. Let me tell you how they did this, how they did that. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you about the culture of the bride through Jewish custom. Let me do this. Oh, this is amazing. Yeah, is it changing you? You see, it's appealing to the mind. It's mind to mind, mind to mind. Principles you can understand. The person without revelation, you'll never know. And you know what it does? It grabs humanity by the throat and all our earthly ways and the wisdom of the world that we've learnt by being in the world and strangles it to death. And it goes, this system isn't going to stand in me. So it needs to die if you're ever going to know the person in you and live like the person. Jesus was not about principles. He was about himself. And he lived from himself. And what we've done is we've taken this Word of God and transformed it through our own thinking and created principles, guidelines. Here's 10 steps to this. And it leaves you going, how do you? Correct? Give me the how-to with the principle. Okay? Copy me. And you copy someone else, but it doesn't work, does it? No, because it's an imitate me. And ain't a copy me. And you can't imitate 
the person, because what you're trying to do is imitate the Christ in the person, and you've got to get your own Christ. But you can copy a principle all day long, but you're not an internal, eternal life. And so I can hope you're really here and say, because this will release you from the operating system of the world. And then you'll have discernment to hear when principles are being put up as the Word of God and go, I like the principle, but that's not the person. And I need the person, not the principle, if I want transformation. If I want to be conformed into the image of the Son, I need a revelation of the Son. And that is completely outside of my ability, but completely inside His. But knowing principles, how-tos, all these things are inside my ability. And I do not need grace, but I'm called by grace but I don't need grace, but I'm called by grace. If you're not called by grace, if you don't actually understand the power of God and the grace of God within you, you're probably going to be trying to enter into life this way I've just said. Because when you're called by grace, power, you understand that propels you into the person and now you know the how-to. The how-to is who? Him. Which the scriptures actually tell you. So if the scriptures tell you that the how-to is the spirit, why do we keep asking for the how-to? Because we're in our version of the scriptures. It is that, brother. See why the scriptures can't be number one? The scriptures can tell you the how-to, but because you're not in the spirit, you're in you, you can't understand the scriptures. Didn't he say that? You guys, you don't, you're mistaken. You don't know the scriptures. You don't know the power of God. You don't know the grace of God. So you're mistaken. Imagine turning up as Jesus did. Imagine me going to a Bible school with all the teachers in the room and all the scholars and saying, hey guys, you're mistaken. You don't know these things or the power of God. Hi, I'm Greg, by the way. Do you know where it's all connected to? Do you know what happens after that? Do you know what the context is? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You haven't got a clue what you're doing, guys, he's saying. In the context, so if you don't understand the Scriptures and the power of God, how are you ever going to know what the priority of God is? But it's written down. How are you ever going to know what God's first place priority is from God if you don't know the scriptures or the power of God? You won't. Like you won't. And many don't. In leadership and in following. And so we're doing our own thing. But we're not in life. When we get pressured, ugly comes out, eh? And sometimes your own humanity can cope with that. It just depends on the behavior and how ugly the behavior is coming at you, isn't it? Did Jesus ever manif- man- manifest ugly? No. He never sinned. No. Now, he is a high standard to hit, isn't he? And you can't hit it on your own. But are you trying? Like, are you still trying to be a good Christian? Are you still trying to do all the right thing? Well, stop. You're never going to hit the mark. You're never going to hit the standard. The standard is in Christ, the power of God. You can't climb Mount Everest 
He's got to take you up the mountain through this divine grace. And all of a sudden, you get to experience something. You're like, how does this even work? Like, wouldn't I want to rip that guy's head off? I just wanted to not rip his head off. I wanted to hug him. Oh, where's that coming from? I'm from Liverpool, man. We don't hug, we headbutt. (laughs) And then you ask questions. Oh, you're a Man United fan. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Because someone is being formed within you. You see, you're in Galatians 4.19. It's not just nice words on a page that you say yes and amen to mentally and can't live. It is a reality that you're in. Christ in you is actually being formed in you through eating and drinking Christ. So then when you are put in precious situations, Christ comes out of you because he's preparing you for an age now and an age to come to rule with him. But if you're not in this process, I'm sorry, you ain't going to receive your inheritance. You can't just live a life for you and not enter into the whole entire purpose of why he came. You have to figure it out now. And unfortunately, there's too many how-tos and principles and not the person being preached in the earth because we love the principles, we love the how-to because we don't understand that. So we're looking for references that our minds can understand and connect with, aren't we? But when the Word turns up and speaks the Word, you're like, never been here before. What on earth is that? I don't think I even have a reference for that. Let's search these things. Oh, you search the Scriptures, thinking that in the Scriptures you're going to find eternal life. But I actually stand before you who has eternal life and you're unwilling to come to me. John 5, 39 to 40, he said that to the religious people who were trying to access life through the Scriptures, not the one of the Scriptures, the Spirit. Because they have no reference for revelation of a person in them through divine power. All they've been taught is words on a page, Sunday school stories from their youth, coming to services, ticking boxes, giving a bit of money, going on mission, but never ever knowing the one of our faith. You can be a Christian and have no idea who God is. That is sad. Really sad. Galatians 1, 15 to 16. But when God... Do you ever that? Do you have a but we God moment? Like, do you know your but when God day? took you from being here to here through grace. But when God, who had set me apart even from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, power, Saul didn't become Paul by going, I think I'm going to change my... Yeah, I almost said something then that would be quite funny to me, but probably all hate speech. called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach the scriptures or him. Because he used to preach scriptures, didn't he? Like he used to turn up with persuasive words of his 
human knowledge of knowing the Torah and the law. And he called it Judaism. And he said he was growing in Judaism. He was excelling in Judaism. The only problem with that, he was running the complete wrong way. And look, we're no different. If you're living and growing in the scriptures without revelation, you're no different to Saul. You think you have something that you don't. Your life is the evidence of, evidence of what you live. Truth is self-evident. So our lives, and you have to be humble enough to be able to sit there and go, wow, let this come into the light. No, I'm going to hide in the darkness and just let the love of God shine and the light of God shine and go, yeah, man, I'm struggling. That's okay. God loves honesty. He loves honesty. If we're not honest, then we're what? Hypocrites and liars. We're not authentic. Be authentic with God. He knows And that's where he starts. If I'm lying to God and I'm hoodwinking me, the Bible says you can deceive yourself. Why? Because you're afraid of him. Like Adam was. But he's loving. He's a father. He will hold you. He will give you a love squeeze. (laughs) Another one, Warren. That's right, brother. (laughs) The good, eh? (laughs) But he said, I come to preach him, the word, not the scriptures anymore. Acts 9, 19 to 20. And he took food and was strengthened. This is Paul again. So he is Paul. Now for several days, he was with the disciples who were at Damascus. And immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in their synagogues, in their church building. I'm preaching Jesus. Jesus, who lived in the synagogues? Who went there? Jesus hang out in the wilderness. He wasn't in the synagogue. The religious people were in the synagogues. Spirit-led people were in the wilderness because that's where the word is. John the Baptist was in the wilderness, wasn't he? And the religious people in the synagogue, look at that loser. Funny clothes, eats funny food. But a whole lot of people are going to be baptized. And the top dogs went, hey, we can't be bothered going. You minnows, you go. Figure out who he is. Then come back and report to us because we like our synagogue. Jesus wasn't born in the synagogue, was he? Where was he born? In a manger. What's that telling you? About where the king of kings wants to be found. Not in nice buildings, not in flash stuff, not in this, that. Wear nice clothing with long phylacteries that love the seats of honor at the head table with all the coffee and the biscuits. (laughs) Not at the conferences, all at the front row in the green room. It's not where he's found. He's found out. He's found in the wilderness. He's found out there. He's a manger. He's a king. He was born in a manger. He's a king of kings. Well, that's where his cousin was in the wilderness. Hey, come out here. Come out of Egypt the synagogues, and into the promised land. Well, there's nothing out here. There's just dryness and nothing. No, because there's nothing of humanity in the wilderness. It's barren of humanity, but God is there, and he hides himself in a rock. But do you have eyes to see what's in the rock? Oh, there's nothing here, just rocks. You know, the rock is there. Amen. Amen. Like, 
all is, that's, guys, that's why I wrote the book. I'm not promoting the book. They're free. <laughs> I know what's in it. It's revelation upon revelation of why I wrote it. I didn't just spend a year doing stuff to puff me up. It's like Saul is the greatest prophetic example of how you go from a son who was chosen before the foundations of the earth but started as a, in flesh as the most religious dude on the planet to becoming a son called Paul who was a man of the Spirit. He was all about the Scriptures. He was all about the Scriptures first. He had no idea who God was or the Spirit, but thought he did. He was deceived. There was a way that seemed right to him, but it led to other people's death. Correct? He killed people in the name of God. And then he shares his testimony with you in Timothy. He said, my goodness, man, by my ignorance... And the grace and the love of the Father that was covering me in my absolute ignorance and unbelief, who's given me another chance in view of God's mercy. Man, the man wasn't stuffing it up twice. He got it. So then he lived it. And then he said, church, imitate me as I imitate him. He is the best prophetic picture of you and me from flesh to spirit, but covered by love. You can get it that wrong and still be loved. Yes, how good am I? I'm sure none of you have got it that wrong. Correct? Jackie's laughing. <laughs> I'm positive none of you have got it as wrong as Saul got it. So don't beat yourself up for stuff that you may not yet be able to live. Just get on your knees and start asking, seeking, knocking like you have never done before and ask for grace and power to come in and revelation through the Spirit so you can live. Man, he never directs your past. You might. He doesn't. He's forgiven the flipping thing. I'm learning. He has forgiven it, guys. Don't drag it up. But, 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 but. He's forgiven it. Hear the word of the Lord. He has forgiven you of past, present, future sin. It is dealt with, done on the cross. Now, he speaks promise, okay? This is who you are in me. It's not yet done in you, but it is in me. So I need to finish what I've done in me, in you. So then he calls the promise. He calls them friend. They're not living as friends. They're denying him. They're lying to him. One betrayed him. They're hardly friends, covenant partners, when he says, my friends. So he speaks the promise into who he knew he was going to get them to be. So he speaks before they are. He wasn't in that order. He was, and he spoke, and he lived. Can you track him with me? Is my mouth running too fast? 
I'm trying to run with the Spirit because the Spirit's like moving. I'm like, la, 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 la. So he addresses their promise, okay? He says to Peter, you will go where I am going, but not now. So in your present today, you can't. You can't run before you crawl, can you? If you can, you're a bit of a freak. But you may have lost some development stages along the way. And the disciples were trying to run before they could crawl. So Peter, Jesus comes and says, no, son, you've got to crawl, man. You're trying to run. You're trying to go with me where I'm going to the cross. You can't come right now because your present isn't what you think it is. And it's won or lost, guys, in the present. That's where it's won or lost. So he speaks promise to you and I. He then comes into your present and says, let's have a chat. He says, this is what I see. And we go, no, it's not. What would happen, Ruan, if Jesus come up to you, I come up to you and said, mate, you're a man of little faith. Now, he's a big guy. <laughs> he's going to stand up, I'm going to headbutt him. There we go, over down. <laughs> I've had a love squeeze from this guy. He lifted me off my feet. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I thought, don't know who that is, but I'm, gonna, I'm not going to fight. <laughs> but what would happen? He'd get very offended. But what if I'm coming in love and telling him the truth because I have true discernment and I see something that's binding him up because I come into his present and Jesus comes into his present in me and I say, brother, I see things that are holding you back. But you've got to have Christ in you to not get offended. You've got to have the spirit of humility in you, which means you've got to have lost you, spirit of pride. Otherwise, the first thing is to get what? Defensive. Oh, we're back in the garden now. What was the first thing they did in the garden after they covered over? They blamed. They accused God. Adam accused God. The woman you put me here with, it's her fault. What a wuss. That's what we do. You see, we're covered over, so we go defensive, so we blame. No, 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 no. Well, then if you say no, guess what you're doing? You're not allowing the Word of God to come and pierce, penetrate, and actually fulfill Romans 8, 28 to 30. How are you ever going to be conformed into the image of God if God sends you His Son in the form of directly the Holy Spirit or in someone and speaks a living Word, which is the Word, and you reject and deny it? You're going to stay the same. Because of unbelief, because ultimately there's still fear in you because you haven't been released probably from you. And so you're still trying to control your life. I've drifted a little bit, but I know it's him. Romans 15, 17 to 18. Therefore, in Christ Jesus, I have found reason for boasting in things pertaining to God. You see, Paul said, I'm only going to boast about my weaknesses, not my strengths. Did he not? Unfortunately today, there are too many people who boast about what they're doing. How many in your church, Tim? How many have you got saved in the last month, Tim? Let me show you the great buildings that we've built here, Tim. Let me boast about my strengths about what I have done and what I have built. 
Paul said, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. Let me tell you my inability to enter into life. Let me tell you about my inability to speak words that are persuasive anymore and be an oracle of truth. Let me tell you that I create words because my mouth at times is moving so fast that I aren't even words. Because I'm not trying to communicate English, I'm trying to communicate a spiritual language or spiritual thoughts, which is called the Word of God, which is not human. You see, you don't boast about your strength, you boast about how you never could enter into life. And only by the grace of God do you stand here today. By the grace of God do you have clothes to wear. By the grace of God do you have food to eat. By the grace of God do you have a house. By the grace of God do you get to go overseas and share Him with people in Cambodia that you love dearly. By the grace of God, 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 I've been called by grace, so I'm going to live from grace, not Greg, and boast about Greg and Greg's outworkings with gifts that God has given Greg, but then Greg will boast, oh, look what I've done. Welcome to the institution model, which is alive and well in this country and this world, who preach principles, how-tos, but a lack of the Word of God. You know, the Word of God does not put bums on seats. <laughs> it clears the place. Do you know why? Because we were never to come here institutionally and this become what we call Christianity. The Word of God propels you out of a building and into the world. But if this becomes your Christian thing, like if this is it for you on a Sunday, man, I feel sorry for you. If this is the highlight, if this is the thing, this is not the thing. Mel said this the other week. Coming here is not it. It's not. You know, being part of music team, serving on the doors, that's not it. This is not what it means to be in Christ. You can have in Christ and have none of this. Man, they never had this when Jesus walked. Jesus didn't tag along with his 10-piece band Oh, Chris, we haven't got a bass player this Sunday. What are we going to do? Ring up Dave Southern. He's not bad. We don't have an electric guitar. Oh, my goodness. Hey, how's all the songs going to go this week? Jesus rocking up going, what are you doing, boys? Yeah, that, that's the wrong chord, Steve. No, you don't see that, do you? No, why? Because the Word of God directed him and everything around him. It wasn't a building. It wasn't comfort. Man, he says, you want to follow me? You ain't got no suitcase. You ain't got no pillow. You ain't got no uh, pillow, what do you call it, your sleeping bag. We don't even know we're going to have a night to sleep tonight. We're going to be out in the open maybe. You coming? Oh, can we go bury my dead? Nah. Why? Because they're not dead yet. What's he saying? Do you love them more than me? See the standard? You see why you can't follow him when he says that, eh? Because you don't have grace in you. It's the power of God, the grace of God that enables you to be unanchored from everything earthly, meaning a wife, a child, sport, passions, work, your house, earthly foundations, and walk with the foundation. That's why he says, if you love them more, you cannot be my disciple. 
What he's saying is you won't be able to follow me because you've got other lovers and those other lovers will be where you're devoting your life to. And what I ask for is too much for you. You see, I require complete lordship, which is a hundred to nothing. It is not giving me 10 or 1%, 99. It's giving me a hundy or nada. That's lordship, guys. Greg, that's a standard too high that I cannot meet. That's right. So don't boast about your strengths. Get on your knees and start realizing it's weakness that brings you into life because until I'm weak, then I can't be strong. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. Oh, there's that word again, grace, which once again is not a covering. It's power. It's divine enablement to live this life because I'm receiving the Christ, so I speak Christ. This is how he lived. This is how he's able to live the life he lived. He's not smart. He's not got something that you and I haven't got. He's just a son. He's just a disciple. He's just an apostle. But you know what he is? He's a man that lost his life. And he's a man who found his life that he was created to be in. And he lived it out. All through work of divine grace. And he said this, I speak of Christ. I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed. He didn't speak words, the word he was not in. He would not presume to speak of anything that had not been done in him. Do you know the problem with that is we do. And we quote scriptures and we say this and we say that and we say this and I go, then live out what you say. You see, he said, I am the resurrected life before he demonstrated it, correct? Authenticity, oneness in what he said, what he did. The man was powerful in word and deed. He was one with the Father. That's what oneness looks like. So you don't claim scriptures that you can't live. You say, Holy Spirit, I'm not in what this says. You can't claim Paul's writings for your own if you do not have Paul's testimony. It's hypocritical, pharisaical in nature, and will leave you disillusioned. You then misrepresent God to the people of God because you say one thing and can't live as God lived. You can't walk in the manner he walked, and they go, you say this, but live that. So you close your mouth and you say this, Father, your word says that I'm to be seated in heavenly places. I know I'm not, but the promises you're saying I am to be. So come into my present and unveil and unravel the word in my heart and my mind so I can actually live as if I am. And I'm going to seek you and ask and knock till you reveal your son in me so then I can actually give a living testimony of the Christ who's done a work in me and the reality of what it is to be in the Christ because it says you are in heavenly places in Christ. Not there, in Christ. And Christ is to be where? In us. So if he's growing in us and he's finishing the work in us, then you are seated in heavenly places and then you'll be able to get up here and tell me about everything in the eternal. 
That's the evidence that you're in heavenly places. You can speak, you can speak Christ, you can testify of him because you're there in him and he's in you. So until that point, he wouldn't he says, Don't presume to speak. He says there is a boundary line and revelation is what guards you, so I don't boast about things that are not yet revealed in me. Once again, it's a safety mechanism for the person speaking. It's a safety mechanism for the church. It's a safety mechanism for God so he's not misrepresented. And it's a win, win, win. But the problem is when we speak from principles and how-tos, because we like the sound of how it all sounds, I got the mind of Christ, but I don't have any thoughts about greater than sand. And so I'm still beating myself up. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's vain imagination, guys. That's all it is. It's your vain imagination making it up. You may as well have another book claiming a whole lot of stuff. It's not doing what it's called to do. Why? The truth, Jesus Christ, makes me free. If you stay in the Word, you will be completely free, conformed to the image, because He wants ambassadors on earth that truly reflect Him. And I'm not just talking about doing signs and wonders. I'm talking about people who can love like Him. That's the first off the block. Big standard, eh? A lot of prayer required, eh? A lot of turning and getting on our knees and asking God to help, eh? Not boasting in who you think you are. Life doesn't begin. You know that song, life begins at 40? It's a lie. Life begins when you die. When you lose the thing that you don't want to lose. Acts 8.35, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from the scripture, he preached... Jesus to the man from Ethiopia. He preached the person. Can you see the pattern? Luke 24, 27, then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, this is Jesus himself, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. This is why you can read this and get no life. It's just words on a page. Now they point you to a person, but they're just words on a page. And if you stop and try to make this the place of knowledge, then you're in trouble. It's like you're building a tent, you're building your house, and instead of building it there, you're building it here. And this is a means, and Jesus said, they testify about me. They are not me. But what we do is we land the plane there, and we stay here. We're like Peter, James, and John. Hey, Jesus, should we build you a tent right here? He said, what are you talking about, man? We're on a journey. And this is the place on the Christ, on the revelation of the foundation. Because you're no longer the foundation, you broke. So man's foundation fell on the cornerstone and got broken into pieces, correct? So that man no longer became a builder of his own life, correct? But the builders who reject the cornerstone continue to build their own lives on their own foundation, which is their own cornerstone, which is themselves. Well, we can be like that too. Especially when you make that your number one. And that's why you read the book. Mine's a coloring in book. And you read the book and you don't come into life because there's no life in the words. The life only comes when the revelation of the person comes because the scriptures are testifying of the person. They're not the person. And so one who brings to life the scriptures better be preaching the word of God that created the worlds of God. 
How was this earth and the worlds prepared? Screaming out? By the word of God. Who's the word of God? Jesus. So the worlds are, plural, new heavens, new earth, were prepared by this thing called the word of God. And what does Hebrews 11.3 say? Where does that word come from? Things that are visible or invisible? Invisible. So you can't access the word of God, can you, if it's invisible from you, on your own. But you can access the scriptures, can't you? And through your own intellect, you can study the original languages, Hebrew, Greek, give principles, teach these things, give how-tos, and still be void of the powerful Word of God that created creation. Now tell me who is God's most precious creation? We are. We are His beloved. So we need this thing called the Word of God, which isn't the Scriptures, because the Scriptures say, is a person. So if I ask you to testify right now of the true knowledge of God you carry, how long could you speak for? Could you speak? It's not supposed to be hard. It says be ready in and out of season to testify of the knowledge of God you carry because we're supposed to be going into the earth, releasing the aroma of the knowledge of God into the earth. And the Bible says it's a fragrance that some go, that's beautiful. And others go, that stinks. But this knowledge of Jesus Christ through revelation, the Bible says in that very passage, goes from life to life. So church, it's time to get up and testify. Not just turn up on Sunday services and sit there. It's time to testify at the table of the Jesus you know because we all need the bread of life and we need the water of life because none of us want to go here leaving empty. We've all come for a feed, haven't we? So if I asked you right now, what would you do? I'm not talking about this is what I think, this is what I feel. Release what you know because you have the revelation of the person and you're going to release the manifested aroma of Jesus on that table and you know because the weight comes with it. And when the weight turns up in the room, it's time for a love squeeze. The Bible says the flesh profits you nothing. Jesus said the words that I speak are spirit and life, which means what? The word of God is what? It's spirit. It's not Hebrew or Greek or English or Afrikaans or any natural, culturally language on earth. If Jesus said, my words are spirit and the word is speaking, then what he's speaking is a spiritual reality, correct? Which his disciples did have no reference for, correct? Because they couldn't understand because they're trying to understand where? In their mind. So the word of God is not Hebrew. It's not the original. The original language of God is spirit. So he says, my words, which are spirit, which created earth, who built earth? Jesus, who is God, Colossians, you ready? 1 to 15, 18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him 
All things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Him, the Word, and for Him, the Word. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, us, and He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will come to have first place in everything. Meaning his most beloved creation, the church, here, not second or third, first. Everything else goes. He becomes my Lord. Stop. You see, we separate it all out, don't we? Here, O Israel, the Lord is three, four, five, six, compartmentalized. Let's be honest, that's how a lot of Christians live their lives, compartmentalized. I put the Father in that box, the Son in that box, the this in this box, my gifts in that box, my personal life here, my marriage. We even teach this rubbish. Have you heard the order? God, family, ministry, sport. We got that so wrong. It was Liverpool. <laughs> then you know God's a red. Guys, I'm not meaning to be horrible. I'm not trying, but this is the stuff that's been taught. It's just God. It's not this. That's compartmentalization. So then you try to figure out how do you have time with this? How do you have time with that? And do you know who loses in all that? God. Well, we lose because God's losing because we're not having his time. We're not spending time with him because he's bottom of the list. Well, when I get round to it, I'll spend five minutes with you. Because I'm still got to figure out my job, my this, my wife's asking for a lot. My kids are always wanting to go to sport and drama and whatever it is that's coming. And then there's me, by the way, and I need my needs and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and we are not being conformed to the image of the God because it takes time. And that's a process because you've got to eat and drink and spend time with the Messiah, by the way. He's the Messiah. He's the creator of all things. He's good enough for just being who he is, but... Sometimes we say, no, you're not. We need this, this, and this. So we separate the Word of God out from Christ Himself. And then this becomes number one, called the Scriptures. You've just committed spiritual sabotage, suicide. Here, O Israel, the Lord is one. And that is not just here, O Israel. That is here, O Israel, the beginning of what? Faith. Because faith comes from Hearing, hearing what? The scriptures or the word of God? It says faith comes from hearing the word of Christ. My goodness, the word of Christ was spoken at the beginning of time and creation came. Let there be light, which means this word of God is a spoken word. It's not written, correct? So it didn't say in the beginning God wrote the scriptures. Now go and study the scriptures. It said God spoke and someone went, oh, we better write that down. Can you hear the difference? It doesn't say read the scriptures in the sense of it, you'll find that, but it says hear the word that is coming out of the mouth of God or out of the mouth of mankind. It doesn't say go and study it through reading it. It says you've got to hear it first. It's a spoken dimension. So God spoke the word, his son, because they are one, correct? And so his word in Colossians went forth and established light. And he said, this is good. 
Then he spoke again and again and again. So every time I know for me, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking that same word. It's coming out of my spirit. I can feel it. It has power and it's changed my life. And it's enabled me to live the life I'm currently living to the dimension and the measure it's in me. But I know you can't understand it unless you have revelation of it because I'm not speaking scriptures. I'm speaking a person. So if you don't have a revelation of the person, don't try to understand what I'm saying. You won't be able to. Now, you may be able to hear it, but you won't understand it unless you know the measure of the Jesus I'm speaking because he has revealed himself in you to that same measure. Now, can you hear what I said? If I'm speaking Jesus from revelation of the revelation in me and you haven't had that revelation, you won't understand it, will you? You're not sure? If you can't get the knowledge of God through revelation, but you can get information, and this is how there's all this confusion in this house been for a while because people are hearing the wrong thing. Because I'm speaking a person, and the other people who speak are speaking a person, and you're going, what's the reference to the Scriptures? But you've got to get the revelation of the Scriptures, otherwise you have no idea what's being said. You'll literally be like the disciples who hear, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisee, and you'll go, Greg talked about bread this morning. Because I'm not talking Scriptures, I'm releasing Christ the person. On the revelation of the Christ, you come into understanding. So you hear to receive you don't hear to understand, you hear to receive, because I'm talking to your spirit, I'm not talking to your natural man. You somehow have to figure out how to turn that off, if that's still an operating system in you, because it hasn't yet died, okay? So I'm speaking the substance which your intellect can't hold, because it's the word that creates life. It's the word that's going to build you on the inside. That's not a human that's what I mean. For so long, all we've heard is nice principles and how-tos. And so when the word turns up, everyone's like, oh, is this heresy? Like, is this guy starting a cult? No, I'm just in Christ. And so I preach, and Paul preached a person, and the person's called the word. And when you look about what the word does, listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13 to 14. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us. You tracking? Here's the scriptural evidence of what I'm preaching. When you received... What does it mean to receive? doesn't mean just to mentally understand and take notes. It means that the spiritual word, which is the substance, which is living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword, is going to come in. And if you receive it, it's going to come right here. Boom! And it's going to pierce the heart. And it's going to perform its work in the heart not because you try to understand it here, it goes straight past there, straight to the understanding, the operating system. Guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. If you get stuff in your heart, guess what? You'll never hear and you'll be in unbelief. So if there is unforgiveness and bitterness and all that stuff, your heart is hardening, you will not receive the word. So the word comes, it's received in the spirit. That's why you have the spirit to receive the spiritual word, the manna from above, not earthly, eternal, not man's mental wisdom. It's the word, the wisdom of God. And it comes and 
power and it actually comes in grace and it takes you from here to here. You're like, how did I go from there to there? And it's not an active choice. You are moved because the word has performed its work in you who receive it, who accept it, and it causes you to believe it. But to everyone else, it's on the outside of them because they haven't yet received this word, the power, this grace that takes you from here to here. It propels you into life because you're dead in sin and iniquity. You can't get yourself out of the state, guys. And a simple prayer doesn't do it either. You can't go, well, I believe it by faith. It has to happen in you. Like you've got to literally be taken out of and into. He says you accepted it, not as the word of men. Are you accepting this as the word of God or the word of Greg? But for what it really is, the word of God. Listen, which also performs its work in you who believe. So if you receive, accept what it is, if this is truly God speaking through me now, then if you receive it by faith, ask the Holy Spirit to literally penetrate it into your spirit, then ask Him to renew your mind so you can understand it, then guess what? When it performs its work in you, you can live. And you can live out what? The word you just received. If I give you how-tos and principles, that's not gonna, you're not gonna be able, you'll try to apply something and you won't have life in you. And that's why when stuff goes bad, we don't have what we need, guys. A house that's built on sand is coming down, correct? What does it need to be built on? And the rock is your foundation. But how do you get the old foundation broken on the new foundation and the new foundation established through grace, power, not through mental agreement, not through going, yeah, I believe that, and then there's no change. It's a believing, it's a conviction of the heart. Jesus said the first work is to what? Believe, which is you've got to receive to believe. It's not a mental position of, the old man going, yeah, I think that's true. I believe that's true. <clears throat> as right as that is, it's not going to enable you to live right. So you might go, did Jesus die on the cross for my sins? Yes, I believe in my mind he did. Is that good? Yes, it is. But that's not going to enable you to live out what I'm talking about. You have to receive it in your spirit. It needs to pierce your heart. It needs to propel you by divine grace into a reality. Go, I've got something in me I didn't have back there, and now I can live to the measure that's in me. And I want more of that, Father, because, man, I know I didn't find that. I didn't create that. I didn't understand that. I didn't get that from doing this mental uh, monopoly thing of looking at the Scriptures. I just got broken. I cried out, and you gave. And it's too simple. We go, nah. And that's what Paul said. He said, you're all led astray in your minds. Isn't that what he said to the Corinthians? He said, I'm afraid as the Corinthians were deceived and led astray in their minds from what? From the simplicity of what? 
of a pure devotion to Christ because in the devotion to Christ, not you, not your family, not other things, in that devotion, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, will come and teach you all things. He will testify when you sit at his feet and he, the Holy Spirit, he will activate that and he will write the word of God on your heart and your mind and you'll get up and you'll just live. Deuteronomy 30, if I circumcise your heart with my word, you will live out my commandments. And there's no part of you in that but to receive and now live some. And you know where it came from. So you boast in your weakness. And unfortunately, man, more and more people need to hear this sort of stuff because we've been raised with principles, how-tos, and it's not cutting it. Ten steps to this and ten steps to that. What about one step? Die? Die? through revelation, and then live. Oh, one thing. Nah, it's got to be more than that. That's not quite intended. No, it is. It's called Christ, Christ crucified. No, I need another sign. No, I'm going I'm to search through wisdom, the intellect. No, it's called Christ, Christ crucified. The word of God. Let me read you this, and then I'm going to pipe down. <laughs> this is what I'll finish on. Paul preached Christ, the testimony of what Jesus had done in him, not the Scriptures. Paul's letters are not theoretical words that can be understood through the intellect, but his living testimony of what Jesus had done in him expressed through words. For one to know of the Christ Paul preaches, one must receive divine revelation of the Christ that he declares, not just verbally or mentally agree with what he writes. We will never understand the person who preaches Jesus if we haven't had the revelation of the Jesus they preach. We may be able to hear the word but we won't understand the word yet unless we have revelation. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit that one speaks from. And as we've looked at, prophecy is not just, Rodney, in two years' time, I see you going to Switzerland to start up a school. That is micro-prophecy, and I'm not saying that, okay? If it had gone like this, mate, it would have been this. Rodney, me and you are going back to Liverpool to stand in the cot, the thing you didn't get to do when you were there the first time. We're going to wear our shirts, and we're going to win 5-0 against Man United. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord. And James will be watching from Camborne, and we'll be waving to him on the thing. (laughs) So this is what we've limited prophecy down to. But it says the testimony... Of Jesus Christ. Everything Jesus has done, finished, because it is finished, isn't it? Isn't it a finished work? So everything Jesus has finished is his testimony. So the testimony of what Jesus has done, not what I've done, what Jesus has done, revealed in me, is Jesus, correct? 
So everything he's finished, because it's all about Jesus, on the revelation of Jesus and what everything's done, if that's in me to the measure that I have that revelation, then I speak. The Spirit, Jesus, the testimony is the Spirit in which is prophesied. I prophesy Jesus. I declare Jesus. I speak Jesus, not scriptures, not principles. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. In Jesus' name, be healed. Correct? It's the power is in Jesus or the scriptures. Is the authority of God the scriptures or Jesus? Jesus. So you see why you need to know Jesus. And then speak Jesus. Because the testimony of everything he has done is the spirit in which one would declare. So not just preaching. I'm talking about whenever you go into your world, when you speak, you're releasing the aroma of Jesus Christ into the earth, the word of God that created. Now that person is open. They can get born again in the moment because they get pierced in the innermost being and you're seeing someone break and receive Jesus through divine grace and power. But if we are like, I don't share. And you might get a punch in the nose. But what's that to that? And they might actually do this and all of a sudden all the office goes this way and you're still over there. Well, get used to it. That's suffering for Christ because he suffered for you. Like, why do we care what the world says and thinks? Like, literally, why do we actually care what people think? Because we're still bound to the earth. I need to be liked. No, he loves you. I need something from you. No, you need something from him. It's showing you what you lack in Christ. Because you don't care when you're in Christ. Hear me. You care, but it's not that care. You care for the brokenness of humanity. And you know how to walk that out and the tension of that out when you're the only one there and everyone's there. But guess what? They need you to be there. And they need you to be living this because they haven't got it and they know they haven't got it. That's why they're all grouped together. But there'll come a day when something might happen in their life and they'll see you and they'll witness because the scriptures are only a witness. They're not the word. And when you have the real word, you become the witness. Can I get a witness? Yeah, he's right here in our workplace. And I've watched this person for three years. And we've lied about them, we've joked about them, we've bagged them, we've abused them, but guess what? They've loved us. And they work with a work ethic that's not like us, and then they come. I've got a good friend here that comes here when life doesn't quite go so good, or she rings me up. Why? Why does she do that? She's not a Christian. Why does she, why does she ring me up? She's not living a Christian lifestyle at all, but why does she ring me up? She must see something in me, not Greg, someone in me that she feels comfortable around, that she can actually come into an environment like this where she's one of a kind, probably, but actually can still connect with people. You see, this is what we need to be. It's, but obviously, this though, if you despise prophetic utterance, you're a fool. It says, do not despise prophetic utterance. So, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you despise the testimony of Jesus, because you don't agree, or it's causing tesha, pressure, tesha, see, there you go, there's one of those words. And how are you ever going to change if you despise prophetic 
utterance, which is when Christ is preached, outside of giving you something that is nice that your mind can get its head around. Oh, okay, I got those three principles. That's it. I can now apply those things. Awesome. I feel good about me today. That's what we look for, isn't it? Let's be honest. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's just not life. Okay? It's from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's good, but it ain't from the tree of what? Revelation. It's from the tree of reason, rationale, and logic. It's called the wisdom of the world. And it's made its way into the church because it's in the church. Not the building, it's in the church. And it needs to get out of the church. So how does it get out of the church when the church is born from the wisdom of the world? Answer the question. Crucified, you receive revelation of Jesus Christ and you get crucified. The operating system changes and you are brought in through divine grace, not through mental agreement, and then you live differently and you get to abide and all of a sudden you start to grow and you're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ to the measure you're partaking of Christ and then you turn around and you invite all people to walk with you and you go Mel can I walk with you do you want to walk together but you are a little bit freaky (laughs) hey boys and you have to then learn how to hold at times Because you've got this substance in you called Jesus Christ, the Word. And I'm sure everyone wants to know about it, eh, boys? (laughs) And one little thing, you're like, oh, I can release that. And the bag goes around three times. (laughs) (laughs) I love this guy. He says, I love it that day we were having that yarn. eh? We we went out and uh, we we went to Denny's with with, uh, Sal and, and Hayes from up north. And uh, we were just on the way of the drive, and, and he was just talking. He said, man, don't ask. He was talking about, he said, don't ask the brother a question because you get a sermon, you know. But we were, that was a good banter, wasn't it? You know, and, and, and I heard Georgie's heart. He wasn't having a go. He was saying, man, and the dialogue that we were having, because it's the Christ that's being released to and for, we're not talking scriptures. We're talking him. And when you have him, you just want more of him because it's like, oh my goodness, this is living manna from above. And it's filling my spirit man and my soul man and my body, which is what it says in Corinthians at Romans, that the life of Christ is to manifest out of us. You just want more and more and more. And that's how you can actually spend the entire night hearing the word and only one person fell asleep. And the only reason it stopped is because he fell out of a window and then died. So they had to go back downstairs, resurrect him from the dead, and they started preaching the word again. (laughs) Like it wasn't like, oh, that's a bit of a bummer. We need to go now. It was like, well, that was a little bit of an inconvenience, but let's heal him. (laughs) Right, you ready to go again? Yeah, man, now don't sit in the window. (laughs) Ah, there you go. I know it's late, 12.06. Does anyone have one question they want to ask? (laughs) 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 George is like, I need to catch a plane. (laughs) 
Oh, that was good. Well, we'll leave it on that note. That was funny. <laughs> so, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you. We can laugh as a family and we can receive you. And Lord, I just pray for divine revelation of your son. I love him. I know he loves me and he loves everyone here and we love you. Just continue to bring your son alive within us, Father. Continue to show what we don't know, to lead and guide us out of anything that's false and just continue to reveal him in us so we can walk as he walked. Father, that we could know your commandment and love as you loved and be an expression and a reflection of you on this earth while we're here to mankind. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.